The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the conclusion of the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. On an emotional level, the ascension of our Lord Jesus into heaven seems almost cold-hearted. Think about it for a minute. The disciples and apostles have given up pretty much everything to follow Jesus. He died. He rose from the dead, and now he's leaving them. And he's telling them that, I'll be back, but in the form of a spirit, and when the world ends. For an, on an emotional level, it doesn't make a lot of sense. The apostles were probably at best confused, if not outright feeling like they were abandoned. On a scientific level, because we look at the world through a much more scientific lens now than they did in the first century, on a scientific level, where did Jesus go? We understand that there, there is something outside of the earth, right? Well, back then they didn't. So, so where is Jesus? Is he floating around somewhere out there in outer space and we're just looking for him? Will we find him eventually? Where does Jesus go? But it's always important to remember that Jesus did not come into this world for our emotions or to be pleasing to science, but he came to save us from sin. And when we start to look at the ascension through the eyes of faith, which beautifully for our purposes today are only possible because Jesus ascended into heaven and sent the Holy Spirit, we start to see how the ascension, this great mystery, this thing that maybe most of us don't understand why we celebrate or why it even happened, we start to see more and more through the eyes of faith what God, what Jesus is after today. The first has to do with faith. The ascension helps to increase our faith. Why? Well, think of it this way. If Jesus were sitting on a throne in Jerusalem physically for the last 2,000 years, we would be crippled. Because everything we do, we'd have to consult him. We'd have to, you know, up until recent times, we'd have to send a message and wait weeks or months or years for a response to come back. So it helps increase our faith because, as Jesus said to Thomas in the Gospel of John, blessed are you who have seen and believed, but more so blessed are those who have not seen 
and believe. It makes it possible for each of us to believe in our hearts that who Jesus is and what Jesus teaches are true. Because he has gone up to heaven. It also increases our hope. And what is our hope? Our hope is this belief, this understanding that salvation is always open and possible to each of us. In the Jewish tradition, they had a very clear division between earth and heaven. That heaven was simply just this space above the earth. And so when Jesus ascends into heaven, what he's also doing on a uh, figurative sense for the Jewish people and for us is showing us how while heaven and earth have always been thought to be divided, in him they are united. And that he desires for heaven and earth to be united in each one of us. Think about this. Jesus is fully God and fully man. And so when he goes to heaven, he unites in heaven our human nature. And so now it's possible because we have one of us in heaven for us to see and for us to hope that it's possible for me, sinner though I am, to be forever with God in heaven. And lastly, it helps increase our love. And how is that possible? Because God sends himself in the person of the Holy Spirit to dwell within us. And in 1 John 4, 8, we hear that God is love. And so now it's possible for me to love, not because I love God, but to love as God, to love with God, to love in union with God, because God dwells in my heart. And so my love is his love, and it's an eternal love, and it's something that can change the world. St. Paul, in the letter to the Ephesians today, helps us to understand even further what this spirit that Christ promises us promises us in the first reading will help do for us. It'll also help us understand and help us know and help us recognize God in our world and see ourselves not as independent contractors of Jesus, but as part of a constitutive whole, the church. That we're not in this by ourselves, but we're in this together. Jesus sends us his spirit not to save me, but to save all of us. And we are better and working together for our salvation. We are better <clears throat> in understanding through the church and through our recognition that, you know what, I don't know everything. And in the tradition of the church, we are better off because of this Holy Spirit. And we can understand that more and more because of this Holy Spirit. And we can live out the mission that Jesus gives to us because of this Holy Spirit. And what is the mission? that Jesus gives to us today. It's clear. It's right here in the Gospel. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. That Jesus came to save us from sin and death. Jesus came so that we could be with him forever in heaven. And a disciple is someone who lives that in every moment of his or her life. Oftentimes in the church we think that the priests the nuns, you know, those who work in the church, those are the disciples. I'll just do my thing. I'll show up on Sunday. I'll give my $5 or whatever in the collection, and that's all that I can do, right? Wrong. Each and every one of us is called to be a disciple because, again, the Holy Spirit dwells within us. 
God desires not just to be a friend of ours, but God dwells within us and wants everything we do to be something that transcends time and space, something that builds up the kingdom, something that makes life beautiful, good, and true. And yet we can think that I'm not called to be a disciple. And oftentimes this is to the detriment of not only myself, but to our world. When we don't see ourselves as disciples and makers of disciples, we see how in the last 50 years, at least among, obviously there's been a large Hispanic immigration to the United States, which has more or less kept the number of Catholics level, but if we take out the immigrants, the number of Catholics in most parts of the United States has dropped by about 50%. And every year in this parish, in this parish, we lose 80% of our students. 80% of our students leave the church forever. We are called to be disciples and disciple makers. If we want to serve the poor, if we want to change the world for the better, if we want to see better politics and we want to see a better level of discourse in the world, what do we need? We need disciples who are politicians. We need disciples who are lawyers and doctors and public figures. We need people who see Jesus and see the Holy Spirit as a constitutive part of all that they do. Oftentimes we can even look at the world, we can look at what's going on in Manchester. Absolute devastation and tragedy. We can look at what's going on in Egypt, where Christians are martyred by the dozens. We can look at the heinous war that is going on in Syria, and we can think to ourselves, well, either I do everything, I have to try and change everything, I have to change my politics, I have to change the way we treat the poor, or I just can be crippled and overwhelmed and think, I can't do anything. And yet, today, Jesus helps us realize that if I'm a disciple, and if I'm trying to make my friends, my family into disciples, and recognizing that I'm a sinner and in as much need of salvation as anyone else, if I can change the world here, if I can be a better disciple here, it's going to help there not be a next Manchester or a next Egypt or a next Syria. In Cardinal Sarah's recent book, he's doing an interview with the head of the Carthusian order. These are hermits. They have nothing to do with the outside world. And yet the head of that order, who's a hermit, is completely cut off, says, we can prevent Syria and the next Syria here by loving each other by being disciples, by striving after Christian perfection here and now. Jesus unites more intimately heaven and earth in his ascension. And he desires that each and every day in his dwelling within us through the Holy Spirit, that heaven and earth are more and more united in our hearts and in our lives. So go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, and as Jesus says, Behold, I am with you always until the end of the age.